0: everybody welcome back to what is a weird sad addendum to last night's salt city hoops podcast this is dan clayton managing editor of saltcityhoops.com and after a long absence from podcasting my brother ken clayton and i finally got back to it last night spending just over an hour talking about all things jazz clippers and breaking down every possible angle and and series turning point and looking at what quinn snyder could and should and maybe shouldn't do and and all of that and then we woke up to news that completely changes the series and and the playoffs as a whole and so now i'm back with you to share this let's just call it an addendum to the last episode this this reaction to news that Kawhi leonard is out indefinitely after spraining his right knee as he came down the court late in monday's game four and as if that weren't enough shortly thereafter more news broke that altered the western conference playoff landscape as Chris Paul is reportedly entering COVID-19 protocols and will likely miss some portion of the Western Conference Finals against either the Jazz or the Clippers, um, that's in addition to Mike Conley not having played yet in the in the series. Donovan Mitchell is playing hurt after appearing to tweak his leg in Game Two. Uh, James Harden and later Kyrie Irving have suffered injured injuries for the Nets. Bucks starter Dante Divincenzo is out for the season. Joel Embiid is day to day. Um, This is after the Lakers and and Nuggets both now eliminated, had major star injuries hold them back. So it's it's just, it's been a crazy year, uh, not just for injuries in the overarching sense, but specifically for injuries to key players that really define the way that championship contenders play, right? I, I mean, the Clippers are not the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. The Suns are not the same sons without chris paul the jazz aren't the same with uh with conley out and with mitchell limping through plays it's just these are these are injuries that <clears throat> that absolutely alter the landscape in fact our our buddy sloan's categorical imperative one of my favorite twitter follows he, he just shared a stat that of the 27 named all-stars including injury replacements this season um, Five missed the playoffs. Five were on teams that didn't qualify for the playoffs. Of the other 22, nine All-Stars, almost half of the league's playoff qualifying All-Stars have missed time during during this postseason. So the first thing we have to say is that injuries suck. COVID absences sucks. All, all of this, it all sucks. This is not the way anybody wants any playoff round, any playoff game to be decided. Um it's easy to blame the compressed schedule or the lack of rest days in this crazy COVID bounce back season. And there's probably some validity to that to some degree. I mean, we don't know exactly the degree to which a lack of rest made Kawhi's knee more or less likely to buckle on that drive late in game four. Um, but that but it's still it's nobody's fault. It's certainly not the NBA's fault that Edmund Sumner back in April swept his leg under an airborne Donovan Mitchell and caused him to injure his ankle in a way that has completely redefined the Jazz's season and and is still, you know, now that he has apparently suffered a tweak, it's, it's still impacting the way that they're playing in the playoffs. It's nobody's fault that Conley is 33 with a history of hamstring issues. Some injuries are freak and random and and some injuries are likely to happen regardless and some players are more vulnerable and and more exposed or you know whatever it is the the point is that this is nobody's fault certainly the weirdness of this season puts a sheen over the whole situation that makes it easier for for twitter toughies to play armchair league commissioner this is just, it's its its what there was. It's what was available. This was nobody's ideal way to squeeze in a 72-game regular season amid a global pandemic. Nothing about life over the past 15 months has been anybody's first choice. This is not the way any of us would have done almost anything about life. You know, drive-by graduations, drive-by birthday parties, Christmas via Zoom. Like, this is not... This is not what any of us wanted. This is not what the NBA wanted, but here we are. And it sucks. Injuries suck. They just, everything about this is is rough. It also sucks for the Jazz, uh, who came into these playoffs with the best record in the league and uh, eager to prove themselves against other elite championship contending squads. Um, They did not want to take the easy route. There's far more satisfaction in, in staring down a great player in Kawhi Leonard or a great player in Chris Paul and exchanging blows and taking their best hit and either responding or not, but figuring out where you are and who you are in the context of of that kind of a heavyweight battle. And that's what the Jazz wanted. That's infinitely more interesting. and it's And it's more satisfying if they do win. And by the way, since we're at the if they win point of this podcast, Let me just add that nothing is guaranteed. The Clippers still have an all-league talent in Paul George and a deep roster that gives them a lot of choices in how to piece together a rotation without their superstar. Um, Lineups with Paul George, but with no Kawhi, no injured Serge Ibaka, or no Lou Williams, who's no longer part of the Clippers, those lineups combined were plus 3.3 net rating in the regular season per cleaning the glass. That's a good net rating. That's that's essentially the net rating of a 50-win team over an 82-game season. They're obviously there, that's the average, right? There are groups in there that are that were better than that. There are groups in that there are groups in there that were slightly worse. And Lu will have to try to find some of the good ones and see if he can piece together a winning rotation starting with tonight's game five. My guess, I think the Clippers will probably use Ivica Zubac more um, and start playing a little bit more traditionally. And yes, I do get the counter argument that playing zoo in some ways plays into the Jazz's hands because it lets Utah play the way they want to play with Gobert more often. But the versions of, of LA's small ball groups that don't include Kawhi just aren't as potent, and you know, I think this is what a lot of people don't realize when we talk about small ball with the Clippers is that it's it's almost a misnomer, right? The reason their small their quote-unquote small ball lineups have been so good is the fact that they're not that small at all. They basically have a point guard and four guys who are 6'8", 6'9". So even though there's no traditional center, there's length everywhere, and there are multiple guys who can play lockdown defense on the ball for a possession at a time or for some number of possessions at a time. And that's that's part of why they're so good. That's, that's part of why they've been able to suffocate the jazz and and choke the efficiency out of several core jazz actions because they just they have six, eight guys everywhere the Jazz want to turn. Take Kawhi's 6'8 frame and his 7'2 wingspan and replace it with a Pat Beverly or a Rajon Rondo or a Luke Kennard. And it's just not the same kind of swarming, suffocating group of, of athletes, um, you know, able to just smother the Jazz and and take the efficiency out of their core plays. Um, we'll also see if the Jazz get Conley back for game five. <clears throat> I think it is, um, I'm recording this Wednesday morning. We don't know yet. I think it's more likely than not that Conley plays tonight. Um, well, uh, maybe that's naive and optimistic. We'll find out. Um, we'll also find out how Donovan looks after a few games where he's been limping and wincing in between plays. Um, he, he hasn't looked right since midway through game two when his leg came out from under him on a, on a plant, on a jab step um he's 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 still been amazing he's been tremendous he's been able to to get to his pull-ups and to still find ways to score and be effective he's averaging over 37 points in this series he's just ridiculous and amazing and ahead of schedule and absolutely looks every part the superstar and the the alpha scorer that a that a real title team needs but he's but he's it's still also fair to say he hasn't Quite been himself. Um, he's been driving, but uh, but less. And when he has driven, he, it's it's usually it's usually been different. He's having a harder time getting around corners, around defenders, getting both feet in the paint. He's driving down the slots a lot and and taking some tough floaters, at tough angles that, to, hey, to his credit, are going in. They're going in. That's what great players do. They find a way, even when. <clears throat> even when they don't have access to some of their core stuff. So we'll find out, we'll find out, we'll find out if Conley's back, we'll find out how Donovan looks. We'll find out if Paul George can play, you know, 44, 46, 48 minutes and carry the Clippers. We'll find all of that out. But the bottom line is this just moved from being a toss up series between two heavyweights to being the Jazz's series to lose, but one that make no mistake about it, they could lose if they take this moment lightly. Same goes for the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. If the Jazz get there, we'll see exactly what length of time Chris Paul misses. If, if um, you know, there are different there are different bullet points within the COVID nineteen protocols. If, if what Chris Paul triggered, if what his situation warrants is the seven to ten day protocol absence, then that means you know he's likely back after one to three games in the Conference Finals, whether that's against the Jazz or the Clippers. Um, so it's not a death sentence for Phoenix. It certainly changes their math, especially if they get the Jazz, because then it really affects their odds of going to Salt Lake City and splitting those first two games in Vivint Arena without Chris Ball. But we just, we have to see. <coughs> Excuse me. We have to see, inc- including, you know, look, we have to see if the Jazz get there. Like I said, the, the Clippers aren't, aren't going to be done fighting. We'll see how this all plays out um but let's just talk for a moment about asterisks and then i'll leave you alone and let you get ready for game five you know this is really why it's a bummer not just for the teams involved the, the teams who suffered these personnel setbacks but even for a team like the jazz who you know the jazz are on the verge of actually getting healthier and getting closer to the core version of themselves and now if Utah wins this series, there will be a not insignificant, not quiet portion of the NBA fan community and even the NBA analyst community that says, yeah, but the Clippers had turned the series. They figured out the Jazz and they were on their way to a win. And the Jazz just got out of that because of Kawhi. Well, we will hear that if the Jazz win this series. That's that's inaccurate. That's not how playoff series work especially series between two great teams are are more like prize fights with each side dealing its best hit and then bracing itself for the counter punch. And each game is an entity unto itself. And the Clippers, while they had seized some momentum back with two straight wins at home, they were not in control of this series. They were tied 2-2. That's that's exactly where the series presumably should have been after two games in Salt Lake and two games in Staples it's it, it it was anybody's series um it was it was going to be wildly interesting it was going to be intriguing to see how it played out from here and you know it still will be in a lot of ways but Kawhi's absence um yeah it, it just it's 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 no longer a coin toss it's the the jazz went from being three point favorites in game five to being seven and a half point favorites in game five and I you know I think their series odds will reflect something similar. Um, this is this is now the Jazz's series to lose, and um, and hey, maybe you're excited about that as a jazz fan. I personally I, I find it more interesting when they go up against something resembling the best version of a team. Sergi Baca still hasn't played in this series, but I, I I would find it more interesting if the Jazz were able to just go head-to-head and beat Kawhi. But maybe that's just me. Um, whatever happens from here, will invite that kind of talk that diminishes what a team accomplishes by weathering its own storms and being the last team standing at the end of a grueling season. Um, we we don't know yet whether that team will be the Jazz or the impressive Suns or the formidable Nets, if they can get enough of their main pieces healthy, or the Bucks or the Sixers or or even LA, who's not out of it yet. They're not out of it yet. We don't know who it will be but whoever it is will be a deserving champ whoever it is will put a banner in their gym and a larry o'brien in their trophy case and it will count it'll count just like every championship has counted even though every season has invariably had its own weirdness and injuries and peculiarities and being a contender means rolling with those punches and and yes it also means being fortunate enough to be healthy at the right times or to be healthy enough at the right times because again let's be honest Nobody, literally nobody is fully healthy right now. So it's a frustrating thing to have to say, but that's where we are. There are no asterisks. Um, so four deserving teams are gonna make the conference finals. Two deserving teams are gonna make the finals, and someone at the end of all of that is gonna get a ring and they're gonna be deserving because they got through this crazy challenging season. they they weathered the storms, they weathered the injuries. Um, so anyway, the Jazz will resume their playoff series tonight at Pimmend Arena. We'll find out soon if Mike Conley will take part in that game. We'll see what the Clippers do in terms of adjusting their lineups. And we'll see if the Jazz can navigate, they will navigate their way to their first conference finals appearance in 14 season, seasons. So thanks for indulging me here. Um, it felt weird to let last night's podcast just sit there without addressing the elephant in the room and all the ways the panorama has changed. But also the big picture hasn't changed. The Jazz need two more wins to advance. And then they need eight more wins after that if they want to throw a parade. And that outcome got a little bit more likely with today's news, but the Jazz still have to go out and do it if they want to be called a championship team. And if they achieve that under any circumstances, really, that's worthy of respect and the title and everything that comes with that. So thanks for listening. I'm Dan Clayton, and this has been a special breaking news edition of the Salt City Hoops podcast. Thanks for joining me.